Amen. Well, before we jump into the message, I want to give you guys a little uh, update, a little kickoff here. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about reaching people for Christ and, and doing different things. And, and our number one thing is we want to be about God's business and sharing Jesus. Right. And so uh, I thought about that. And, uh, you know, we, we just met to do our, our new budget for the year and we're stepping out in faith. So we ask you guys to pray about how God would have you give and and serve this year. And that's between you and God. You know, the Bible tells us to give. The Bible tells us to give cheerfully and tells us to give regularly. So uh, that's about all I'm going to say on that. If you want some scripture on that, it's Second Corinthians 8 and 9. Look through that. But I just want you to take some time and ask the Lord, hey, what would you have me do this year? In, in the commun- community of your church, okay? So I ask you to think about that. And with that being said, um, I want you guys to get a little update, a little progress report on how God's using you right here to impact lives around the world. Do you ever, do you feel like that? Sometimes we go, man, I just don't know if I'm going to be efficient or effective. Well, that's why I wanted to, to take this time and just open up today to show you guys a little bit of that. Okay? Well, we know that the great commission that the Lord gives us is this right here, Matthew 28. And I'm going to read that. And it says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So guess what? He's telling you right there. Get out there and share the word. And uh, you know what? That's what he's called us to do. And that's what we're going to do. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. Now, many of you know that we've got the website and. And different things like that. We've got a Bible study on Tuesday night that we do small group. But a few, few months ago, uh, Tim took some time and he uh, designed an app for the smartphones and the iPads and things like that. And we've been doing some other um, um, revs. So if, you, if you've had difficulty with that in the past, I believe now that you can really see some cool things. He's added a Bible on there. He's got a lot of different things on there. But this is something I wanted you guys to see when he showed me this. Um, through the program that he uses, he can go behind the scenes and see where we've been reaching people. So I want to show you, like we talked last week about that mustard seed, the smallest seed, and it goes in the garden to be the biggest plant. Well, you know what? We might be that little mustard seed, but I'm going to show you how your mustard seed is impacting lives all over the world. And I don't know if you guys can see this, but there's some stats there. OK, and this is just over the last several months. I'm going to get up here close. And I just want to tell you some of the countries that through your giving and through your doing and your faithfulness of serving here, how God's used that to reach people to hear the gospel message all over the world. Isn't that cool? So if you look at it, United Kingdom, Malaysia, uh, Nigeria, Philippines, Australia, Canada, France, Saudi Arabia. Come back over here, South Korea, uh, Japan, Germany. We've said United Kingdom, France, Russia, Spain, Taiwan, and, and India. So give the Lord a hand clap right there. Is that amazing? I wish I could have made that a little bit bigger, but I just said, well, you know what? I'll read it out there. So I want you to see that what you do here and what you give here and how you serve here and how you pray here makes a difference all over the world. That's pretty neat, isn't it? You know, they say little is much when God's in it. Amen. So we want to lift him up. All right. Well, we're going to jump in. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. Knee deep in faith. That's our message the Lord gave me. And I thought about that when we were opening this up. I said, you know, uh, I said, well, what's the title? Lord? What's the title? I like to get a catchy title, you know. And, and what he showed me is, you know, that uh, this particular fellow that we're going to we're going to be talking about in, in uh, Second Kings chapter five. And I'm going to bring that up. If you got your Bibles, bring that up. If not, you can read it wrong with us from the screen. I always encourage you to bring your Bibles, but if you don't have one with you today, we can read along. But what I want you to see here is how many know most of the time before we get knee deep in faith, we're usually knee deep in trouble. 
knee deep in me. I'm just going to say amen and raise my hand, right? Because, you know, that, that's the truth of it a lot of times, isn't it? So, you know, that's that's what we see so many times. But I got to, got to looking at this and I said, you know what? When we just partner up with what God's doing and just be obedient to what God's doing, man, he'll take us right where we are. And he loves us too much to, to leave us there. And he'll work in our lives despite ourselves if we just submit to him and take a baby step. So with that being said, today we're going to dive in. I got to do a little unpacking, a little reading. And uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this, okay? So I'm going to read along this. And then what we're going to do, I like to do like a teaching and a preaching. So we're going to, we're going to do a little reading and I'm going to unpack it. And you, uh, for folks, first time here, you got your little handouts. We like to do the handout so you can follow along. And if God's speaking to you in a certain way, you can write it down and say, you know, I'm going to go back and, and check on that, all right? So with that being said, I'm going to start doing a little reading and you guys read along with me, all right? Everybody doing good? Good. All right. Uh, this is chapter 5, King, 2 Kings chapter 5. And it says, uh, King Aram had a, had a great admiration for Nahum. All right. Naaman is one of the main characters we're going to have in here. I'm going to just kind of pull him out. He was the commander of his army. And because through him, the Lord had given Aram great victories. But through Naaman, but though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered with leprosy. Let me tell you a little bit about that. That's a terrible disease. And as I studied this out in the Bible, you know, a lot of times when it was full blown, they didn't, you know, you would lose body parts. You would start really, your just body starts eating away at itself. And so this guy, here he is a war hero, and the king's got favor on him, and God's using him. And he even suffered some, some tough things, all right? Well, let's keep rolling. It says, at this time, the Amerian, Amerian raiders had invaded the land of Israel. And among their captive, captive, captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day, the girl said to his mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of leprosy. And I think what I'll do, I'll read this and we'll come back and unpack it, all right? So Naaman told the king what the girl, the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Abraham had told him. I, I will send a letter to inter, to, for an introduction for, to, I'm sorry, guys. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying his gifts, 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The, the letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter, I present my ser- servant, Naaman. I want you to heal him of leprosy. Now, he, we start talking about this in a, in a little while. He said, man, you sending him to me? Who am I, God? Watch this. It goes on down here. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, This man sends me a leper to heal. Am I God that I can give life and take it away? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes. What was happening is the king of Aram would go into the, the, the cities and go in there in different countries and he would just kind of pick at him a little bit. Go in there and, and we just saw that he went and he got some slaves and brought them back. Okay, so keep that in mind. So this guy's going, wait a minute. He's trying to trick me. He knows I can't do that. Keep that in mind. But look at this. But he said, but when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with the horses and the chariots and waited at the door of Elijah. Listen close here. But Elijah sent a messenger out to him. With this message, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to me. To meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, Avenue, and Farfa better than any of these rivers in Israel? 
Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So, so, so you should certainly obey when he says to do something simple. All right, go and wash and be cured. So here we go. Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God instructed. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was healed. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So accept, please accept my gift, a gift for your, from your servant. But Elijah replied, as surely as the Lord lives, who I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elijah refused. Then Naaman said, all right, but please allow me to load two of my mules with earth from this place and I will take it back home with me. From now on, I will never again burn offerings, offer burnt offerings or sacrifices to any other God except the Lord. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master, the king, goes into the temple of the God of Remen to worship there and leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow down to And he tells him, go in peace, Elijah said. So Naaman started home again. All right, well, I appreciate y'all hanging with me on that. But I felt like we needed to read through that to get the story going. And I'm going to kind of unpack it a little bit. And and it might sound like we're doubling back a little bit. But work with me because there's some specific things that I want to pull out here. So what do we got? We got Naaman. He's He's a commander, right? He's got a lot going on, but he's also got leprosy. We've got the king of Aram, and, and what he does is when they hear the testimony of this young girl about her God and her land, things start changing. So that's what I want to jump in there right there. If you've got your paperwork, we're going to have some cool notes for you to dig in, all right? First thing I want to share with you, that age doesn't matter. Say amen? Age doesn't matter, because what did it say here? Here we go in verse 2. At this time, the Marian raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to his mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of leprosy. Now let's unpack this a little bit. If you look back through the Bible, we know that they didn't have much input uh, from women back then. They just, they just really treated them poorly. But look what happens when this young girl starts speaking about God. Right? Now, usually when you think about somebody said age doesn't matter to God, we usually think, well... We tell that to folks that are older and they say, you know, God can still use you. Let me tell you, he can. Amen. Especially if you're retired, you might have a little bit more time. I don't know. My father-in-law retired. He said he didn't know how he did all the things he did before, before he was retired. You know, so I'm thankful that he is because he helps keep my house in order too. But, you know, a lot of times we get our schedule so busy, we think I just don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have this. I'm too old or all these things. But look at this. This young girl started things going. She sparked something, didn't she? And that's what I want you to see. She was the catalyst tonight to ignite the supernatural. She was the catalyst to ignite that supernatural. Now check it out. Here she is. She's a slave girl. They bring her back. And she's working for this lady. And she says, you know what? If your husband would go to to my land and see the prophet there, our God would heal him. Guess what? All she did is just say what she knew. She wasn't a Bible scholar. She didn't get into all these other things. She just shared with what she knew. And she, she was, had a big influence. Now, guess what? She talked to the, to the slave, the woman that she worked for, or her maid that she worked for. And then, now the husband, he's going on what this little girl says. He goes to the king. Well, the king must have thought something about that. Would he give out 750 pounds of silver and so much gold and 10 outfits? Now they go to another another 
part of town, right? They go on over to Israel, and now and, he's, and, the, and the, the, the guy there, the king there, is like, "What's going on? They're trying to trick me." See, everybody starts depending on himself, don't they? What are they going to try to do? But from there, he went on. And what happens? This guy is is the king's right hand man. He's thinking it's going to be done like Hollywood style, right? And he comes sliding on in there with the chariots and the money and all these things. And what happens? He sends somebody else and says, hey, uh, my boss said go down there and dip in, the, dip in the river seven times. Right? What did he say? He, said he got mad. He stalked off. Right? Now, can you imagine that? They did it real real nice. But he said, I can't believe they want me to go down there. I could have done that at Mustard Point. Right? You know, that's what he's saying, right? Think about it. I could have went right there. I came all this way. I thought surely, he says, I thought surely he'd do it this way. Well, let's get back here because we're going to unpack that. But I just want you guys to get the grip on it. People in the Bible back then didn't act any different than me and you, right? Well, I thought sure I'd get that job. I thought sure I'd get this or that or whatever. And you know what? If we're waiting on God's timing, that's what we need to trust in. God's timing. Seeking the Lord. Amen? So you know what? He might be perfecting something in us. So that when we get that job or get this, this new relationship or whatever it is, that we're prepared for that. God's working on that. All right. So the little girl was a catalyst to ignite the supernatural. My question here is, how is God using you to spark the miraculous around you? Oh, get quiet. It's quiet sometimes there. How is God using us? You know, you think about that. That little girl didn't have a bachelor's degree. She didn't have all that, but she had faith in her God, didn't she? And guess what? I'm going to tell you this. If you ever talk, you could talk to God with most anybody, right? Because their God might not be your God. But when you hone it in and say, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, guess what? Things start changing. Things start changing. They're either with you or they're not with you, right? And, you know, I've had that before. I would talk to somebody about the Lord. And, and then, you know, and, and this guy's telling me, yeah, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. And then when we get down to the nuts and bolts of it, they go, well, I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says we can know. And we're going to go and jump on that in just a minute. But look at this. The young girl's faith changed everything in this story. And so, so many times we read these stories in the Bible and we think, yeah, I got that. But I hope to we'll pull out a few pieces that encourage you right where you're at and what's going on in your life. Amen. So let's roll on out of there. How is God using you to spark the miraculous? You say, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not going to look like we think it's going to look. Maybe it's you just taking that, that uh, uh, newsletter and laying it on your desk. Maybe it's just you say, man, we went to the church today and we had a good time today and this is what God's doing. Maybe something that's said here that God uses us here is going to impact your life this week. So have an open heart. That's why I want to write notes down when we go along. Because you might say, man, didn't we just talk about that? God's word is full and powerful. Amen. So let's keep on going. Don't get caught up in all that stuff that what we don't know. She didn't talk about what she didn't know, that little girl. She just talked about what she did know. She said, hey, you know what? Got to do it. Come on, give me an amen in that's right. All right, let's keep on rolling. Now, we're going to unpack this a little more. In verse 11, I talked about this a little bit. But Naaman became very angry. We just talked about that. But I want you to look at the yellow things I got on here, okay? Take a look at this. I thought he, right? And then he comes on there. Yeah, I expected. And he comes on down. The Lord, his God, and heal me, right? These are the things. I thought he was going to do it this way. Has anybody ever been praying for something or hoping for something and think it's going to go down just a certain way? Come on, everybody. I ought to have feet up with that one. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, it's going to go down just like this. Man, you know what? We're going to start preaching and the Coliseum ain't going to be able to pack them in. You know what? We're going to play the guitar and everybody in the Pocosa is going to get saved or whatever. You know what I mean? But I'm still dreaming, right? I'm still praying, you know? But I want God to be glorified in that. But what I found as I walk with the Lord more, I don't have to worry about that because that's his business. 
I just need to be faithful with that seed that he gives us. Amen. Just be faithful with what he's given you and where he's put you. Something else I want to tell you. I, I remember this. I was at work and I thought, man, we've been doing ministry coming on 15 years. Now I thought, man, I was doing something one day at work. I was like, man, I thought I'd be preaching all the time now instead of turning this wrench. Right? And I was out there, you know, and I, I like my job, but I just, you know, I, I had my own agenda, right? I thought, yeah, that's what's going on. And then I had a guy come out and talk to me a little bit. And guess what? I knew I was right where I was supposed to be because I got to share some Jesus with the guy. And then I had some truck drivers coming in, and you guys heard one of the guys talk, Daryl, to give his testimony over the, over the months in the past. And let me tell you, God knows right where you are. So let's work on his time frame. That takes all the pressure off. When they start sinking into my, my mind and my head, I didn't have to figure it out. Things start going a whole lot smoother. You know? It's like, well, what's God going to do? I'm not exactly sure, but I know what we're going to do. We're going to be faithful to the Great Commission. We're going to be faithful with what he had. I'm going to do my best this year. You know what? Everybody wants to lose weight, uh, grow taller, run faster, save money. I want to grow closer to the Lord this year. That's what I want to do. And we're going to talk about that. There's ways to help you and encourage you in that. So anyway, I want to say that it doesn't always look like you think, does it? Anybody over the age of 25 will say amen. amen. Yeah, sometimes you don't even have to live that long to see it, right? Right? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, but things change and, and, and that's amazing that God will use us. But it doesn't always look like we think. Well, let's keep on growing here. Well, you know that he was real prideful about this. See, what happens is we put, we say this a lot, we put unrealistic expectations on people. We put crazy expectations on God. It's not that God can't do it. But look, the size of the box that you got God in, he can do a whole lot more than that. You know what I mean? And that's like we say, when well, we're stepping out this, this year, God can do it. God can do it. And he'll do it through us. And he'll do it through any means he wants to do. But are we going to be listening? Are we going to be leaning into what God says? And then are we going to be obedient to do it when he shows us to it? All right. So he was kind of prideful, wasn't he? You know, I'm going to tell you this. I wrote this down. Don't miss your miracle because it's wrapped different than what you're expecting. That's a good word right there. That's a, that was a little God time. He gave that to me. Don't miss your miracle because it's wrapped different than what you're expecting. See, Denise, I know that you didn't expect this. Don't, don't go with the rapping, baby. I love you. You know? I figured that'd make you laugh. It does her often. All right. <laughs> we have a good time. But so his little hissy fit didn't impress anyone, did it? You know, a matter of fact, it was a good thing he had some good friends that said, hey, man. He said, if he told you to do something hard, you do it. Well, yeah. Why don't you do something easy? Hmm. I want to tie that in. And we're going to hit it again in another slide, but I'm going to start rolling with that here. That you know what? That sometimes salvation seems so easy that we go, well, surely that can't work. But let me tell you, it's the work of God. It's the work of the cross. It's us trusting in that. So keep that in mind. All right. Well, let's give you some word anchors. I always like to tie it in, right? Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride becomes, pride comes before destruction and arrogant spirit before fall. Guess what? He's pretty prideful. He's getting ready to take his ball and go home, wasn't he? With his leprosy. But God had a bigger plan. How many times, oh, come on at work, you don't have to raise your hand, you just look up here. If it don't go just like you think, oh, well, they can do whatever they want. Hmm? Come on now. Now, a few years ago, they gave me a supervisor position. So I was going to do it the way I wanted. Guess what? You got to answer to somebody still. Guess what? <laughs> you really do. And then the guys that was working with me, they said, why are we doing it this way? Man, you get that sometimes, you know. But as things change and you get to look at things at a different angle, sometimes uh, it's not going to work out just like you think. 
You know, sometimes you don't realize you got to deal with these people over here and these people over here. And God's waiting on this one to move over here. But guess what? I can tell you this is true and cut right through. Pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. We get all, well, look what I did. Look what I'm doing. Look at this. I'll tell you what. I'm moving out because he's going down. They're going down. You don't think so? Look back in your life when you've ever said that. It usually don't take too long. Do, 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 going down. Because we get so wrapped up in the me, 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 or the I, I, I's. God said, you didn't leave me no room to work. See, you get that ego, right? E-G-O. I call it edging God out. Don't edge God out. Open your heart to what he's got. Amen. Well, let's take another look. What else happens? Now, James says this. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I want grace. God's riches at Christ's expense is what I call it. Right? So if I get all puffed up and say, well, this is what I'm going to do and this is my timetable and everything else, I have no control over a lot of those things. But if I seek the Lord and I said, Lord, how do you want to do this? Lord, show me, give me the wisdom to do this. Lord, show us as a church family how we move forward. Lord, help my ears to be listening when somebody has a need. Lord, help my heart to be open and to share compassion and love. And guess what? There's a big difference. I'm still in the equation, but I'm not driving the bus. And that's where you see the best gas mileage with God when he's driving the bus. Amen. Let's keep on rolling here. So take this. What, what was going on in this man's life? He humbled himself and bowed his knee to the Lord. Then things started happening because it said, well, finally, his friends talked some sense into him. Let me do the buck row version. His friends say, hey, look, man, you're blowing this thing. If it was hard, you'd, you'd do it. And just listen up. Just do what he said. And he goes, OK. Sometimes it's good to have a good friend just come along there, give you one of these. Hey, man, what are you doing? Well, that's basically what they did. They said, take a look at this. So things started to change. What was happening? Pride came before destruction. That was pushing them further away. But you know what? We need to rely on God and let God be God. And we just need to be obedient to it. Blessing was coming. Blessing was coming when he bowed his knee to that. Amen. So I want to take a look at my hand out here, what I had on this thing. I said, God is willing and able. The question is, are you willing to receive? See, a lot of times if we get in that position, we go, well, I think it ought to be this way or that way. But the, the, the answer is this. God, your will be done. God, your will be done. Everybody doing all right? We're moving on now. We're moving on. All right. Believing versus active faith. And I start breaking this down a little bit here. All right. See, believing needs faith to move and receive. And we can believe a lot of good things. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But if we don't latch on to it by faith, it doesn't do us much good. I'll give you another word anchor. James 2.19 says, you believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You say, well, how did you pull that in there? Just like I was talking earlier, a lot of people, they'll, they'll agree with you about a God. We're talking about the one true God, right? That's, what, that's all the difference. And we start talking about Jesus Christ came and paid our sin debt in full. And that's the only way to heaven. Guess what? You start getting some dividing lines. But aren't you glad there's only one way to get to heaven? Amen. I am because you know what? I would mess it up if it was something else. It's not counting on me. It's counting on what he did. And I'm just trusting in it. All right. So we think about that. Believe in versus active faith. Like I said, we need believe in needs faith to move and receive. Check this out. Just like we talk about here. You know, the new year, we make a lot of promises to ourselves and to others and different things. And we say, OK, well, you know what? Most anybody will agree that eating healthy is probably a good thing. Right. But, you know, if, but if we don't do that, we don't have the blessing from it. Right. You know, we can believe that the Bible is a good book. But if we don't apply God's word to our life, we don't receive the benefits. You can believe, you know, check it out. You can believe. So, you know, we're going to have church every Sunday at 10 o'clock. And you can believe that. And that's true. 
But if you don't come in and receive what God's got for you, it hasn't done you any good, has it? You see what I'm talking about? Believing and receiving and active faith. Hey, he must have believed that the guy could do something for him, right? Naaman. He packed up them mules and all his, all his whole posse and headed on out. Took the big money and the, and, and the probably nice leisure suits right there. And uh, ten of them. And, and he says, hey, look. But when it didn't go down his way, he shut it all down. Don't do that. Let's keep on going. And again, they say here. We were talking about this a lot of times when we look at sharing our faith with people. And I know I'm repeating this here. It comes down to what do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And we're going to hit that a few times. But you know what? I want you to be thinking about that as we go through here. It's so much more than a story about a guy getting healed. He got to see the hand of God. A little girl got to be used. A, A nation got to see God glorified. You see what I'm saying? Through your life. It's a lot different than just coming here and sitting and taking up space. It's about as God transforming your life with the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I want to do when we leave here. That, that you have a God encounter. That you, you, you've learned something new about God. That God has shown you something. And we're growing in, in God. Amen. So take a look at this. And I talked about this a little bit more. And it was just saying that his friends tried to reason with him. So you should certainly obey him. When he says something simple. I'm going to tie that back to what I just said about the gospel message. How many know the gospel message is pretty simple? That doesn't mean it's cheap. That didn't mean it didn't cost anything. It cost God his very best. But for us, it's pretty simple. And the gospel message is this. That all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. So guess what? we all sinners, right? But he says, guess what? When you call on the name of my son Jesus, right? When you put your faith and trust in what he did, he paid the sin debt in full on the, on the cross. In full. You can't add to it. You can't work for it. You just got to have faith in it. And he says, you know what? You're securing me. And we've looked at, do you guys remember a few weeks ago, we talked about our family tree and who we are in Christ. Go back and review that, who we are. He says, it's by grace you're saved through faith, not that of yourself, but it's a gift to God. You know, we just had Christmas. And if you didn't open up one of the gifts under your Christmas tree, your wife probably moved it over to the side, said, you need to get to that. You need to get to that. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you're here today and you've never opened the gift of grace of God, Don't leave here today without calling on the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's keep on rolling here. So take a look at this. He had to step out in obedience to be blessed. We have to trust God to be saved. We can do that, right? He did the hard part. Let's keep on rolling. Many treat God's grace the same way. And that's what I was saying. They said, well, I'll get back. Well, I don't know. I'm going to think about it. Let me see what's going on and everything else. Well, you know what? Sooner is better with Jesus. Amen. I wish I'd have listened to what God was showing me early on. Probably would have saved me a lot of heartache. And I'm telling you this. When you call on the name of the Lord. Don't mean you don't never have any heartache. Doesn't mean you don't ever have any problems. But it does mean this. You don't go through it alone. Amen. You got something to come back and anchor to. When everything else. When the, the family says. I don't want to deal with you. Right. And when everybody at work says. I told you it wouldn't work. Or whatever the case is. All those things going on. God said. I got you back. You ain't never alone. Wow. That's what I'm talking about. And it happens. It happens because why? We put unrealistic expectations on people a lot of time. But if we read the word of God and we know Jesus, we say, man, I missed the mark this time, Lord. I'm glad you didn't leave. I'm glad you didn't leave. I'm going to hold on to what you did. And I'm going to trust in what you did. Amen. So let's keep on going. So God's grace is amazing. Say amen if you believe it. Yes, indeed. Well, guess what else we find out in the story? You can't buy a blessing. You can't buy a blessing. I don't care how much you shove in that little treasure chest right there. It ain't going to change God's mind. You're not impressing him if your heart's not right with God. It's always a heart condition. That's why I said, whatever you do, pray about it. It's between you and God. And go with it. But be obedient to it, right? You know? So take a look at this. It said that Naaman 
And his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, now I know that there is no God in all of the world except in Israel. So please accept the gift from your servant. I wonder why he didn't do that. Hmm. Because you know what? Elijah wanted to make sure they knew it was a God thing and not a money thing. Amen. It wasn't that. See, it wasn't. It was it, when, it, when, when uh, Elijah said, no, we're not going to do that. It put all the focus on God and took all the focus off of this. You see what I'm saying? He wanted to make sure that the man's heart was right. So they couldn't say, well, you know what? Hey, man, if you get, uh, you know, 10 camels loaded down with stuff, this guy will heal you. You know, that wasn't the deal. It's like, well, you know what? You got this going on. Well, it might take 12 camels. That wasn't the case. He said, humble yourself and be obedient to what God said. Then the healing took place, right? See, a lot of times in our life, we, we don't get that next step or that answer because we're not being obedient to what he said back here. Amen? Oh, I'm preaching it now. Come on. Roll them toes up because it's true. All right, we'll see what else is going on here. What did it cost Naaman? Humble faith. Probably a couple of days ride on a horse. That's all right. Had a lot of time to think about what was going on, didn't he? So many times we, we want it right now. But see, he went from believing to knowing. That's the whole thing. Take a look at this. Now he knew that there was only one true God. You see the capital? That's what I'm talking about. When you see in the Bible and it says a little G, that ain't our God. When he says a big G, that's our God. The one and only holy, amazing God. All right. So what happens is this. You can't buy a blessing. And, and we know that. But sometimes we want to bargain with God. Come on. If you do this, I'll do that. If you do this, I'll do that. How many people got sick after a Friday night said so you'll never do that again? And come next week. You right there. Come on. I knew that it was going to hit home. Yeah. And the folks that don't understand it go, I say, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord that you didn't have to walk through that. But, you know, some of us have. And uh, that's I'm just saying buying a blessing, bargaining for a blessing. Just trust God, you know, and you're sincere. Lord, I never, ever do that again. Right. Never. And, he, and you know, and he says, OK, let's walk it out. But, you know, what? aren't you glad that God is a God of many chances? Aren't you glad that God's a God of grace? Because even when we don't hold up our end of a bargain, God does. See, that's what I want you to see, the beauty of the gospel here, the beauty of God's grace, the beauty of God's love. What happened to you in Christ is greater than anything that will ever happen or has ever happened to you in your life. You say, well, you don't know what's happened to me. You're right. You don't know what I've been through either, but God does. And what he's done can wash that away. That's what he's done here. He's done what he said he would do. Amen. So let's take a look at this. Do you know the one true God personally? So you got to take it from the textbook. You got to take it from the walls, Right. And not leave it there, you got to say, hey, is he here? Is he in the heart? Is he in my heart? You say, well, buddy, I don't know. I, I mean, I believe that. Well, that's great. That's a good starting point. But have you had active faith and said, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin right here, right now? You know, every week we ask people that. Because guess what? The promises aren't for you if you're not a child of God. Right? You know, there's certain promises that he said, I'll lead it right up to the door here. He says, if you believe and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. That means if you don't believe... And you don't receive, you didn't get it. So I want to make sure that you get it. I want to make sure that you've got the pieces of the puzzle. So do you know the one true God personally? Amen. I hope everybody before they leave here today say, I know him. I know him now because you know what? God has washed me clean. Absolutely. Here we go. Well, the last one we're picking up speed on here, I want you guys to see. A washed clean encounter. What happened in verse 17? It says, from now on, I will never again offer burnt offerings or sacrifice to any other God. You see that lowercase, except the Lord. See, he had a God encounter, amen? 
And what I want us to see there, a God encounter transforms everything. Now, let me say this. That doesn't mean you have to have lightning bolts coming out the end of your toes. All right. That doesn't mean he's got to have a rainbow over your house. Okay. I'm telling you that, you know what? We trust God for what he's done and we receive it and we walk out from there. So what happened? His encounter transformed his life. It transformed his worship. It transformed his words and his actions and his allegiance. Everything changed. See, when God comes into your life, things start to change. Things start to change. He said they'll know you by your fruit. That doesn't mean, gang, that we'll never blow it. That doesn't mean that, you know, we don't have problems. But he's given us a way to come into right relationship with our Heavenly Father through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And then what he wants to do is work in our life and that we can be that instrument that God has for us. Amen. So my question is here. Look at this. God is still in the washing clean business. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? So if you put your faith and the trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And we know by faith that God says, you know, when you take your last breath here, that you'll be with me in heaven, right? We believe that, right? And we also know that sometimes we get off the path a little bit. Amen? But he tells us what to do. He says, repent. Repent means turn from it. Keep going. We was talking, I was talking to my buddy today. He says, you know what, man? He said, I laid down my cigarettes this week. He said, it ain't that easy. He said, but you know what? I'm going to trust God for it. Things on seven or eight days. God's good. He said, but I keep it. This is what he told me. And he's just an honest fellow. He said, I keep two of those cigarettes just nearby just in case. He said, it doesn't bug me. Listen to this. He said, because, you know, I see them there. He said, I just look at him and say, I don't need you today. Keep on walking. I don't need you today. I don't need the things of the world today. I need you, Jesus. And God's filling it up every day. Every time he turns from that, turning, repenting, I don't need that. That's it. That's my boy. Come on, come on. I don't need that. I don't know what it is that we need to turn from. But God said, you come to me and I'll help you with it. I'll take it from you. You know what? And I'm so thankful that God does that. We turn to God with our sin and God says, you're washed clean. Call on the name of the Lord today. Call on the name of the Lord today. So this is what I want to ask you. Will you jump in the sea of his forgiveness? You say, how do I do that? The Bible's very clear about that. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's going to save from what? Save from eternity in hell. Right? But called to what? To live a righteous life. Right? You can't do it on your own. He's going he's gonna to help us. His spirit comes in and, and, and takes up camp with us here. Lives with us. And he leads guys and directs us. He said, just trust me one step. One step. In a few minutes, you're going to have a chance to do that. Now, a lot of places, they want you to come up front. They want you to join. They want you to do this. I want you to do what God has for you. So I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And all I'm going to ask you is this. If you died today, do you know for sure that you go to heaven? You say, well, I think so. Okay. We're not, we don't want to leave here on a think so. We want to go here on a no so. See, so he says, what did he say back then? He says, now I know that there's only one true God. So if you're here today and you've never asked the Lord this, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. I pray that today you do it right there. And this is how we do it. If that's your prayer today, you don't have to come here. You don't have to join here. We don't even have a membership. The door is open. You come anytime you want, right? Because it's about getting the gospel message to people. It's about you knowing that God loves you. It's about you knowing that God forgives you. And you know that there's nothing you can do other than receive that grace. So if that's you today, I just ask you to look up here. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. I appreciate you guys being so honest. You know what? It's about him today. So right where you're at today, right now, 
If this is your prayer, you just pray right from where you're at, right from your heart. Dear Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you're the son of God that takes away my sin. Today, Lord, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If that's your prayer today, don't leave here without sharing that with somebody. Say, I just want to tell you, but I pray that prayer today. Because you know what? God is moving in your life. You're not here by accident. You didn't just happen to show up. Whatever. You know, God's been working this and you're here today to hear this message for a time such as this. You know? And God, I always pray. We pray over this message every Sunday. Before anybody comes here, we lay hands on this and say, Lord, take this message and make it be what somebody needs in here. Just what they need. It might be something that somebody needs to say, you know what? I'm a little girl. God can use me. It might be so that somebody said, well, I got a few things going on in my life, but God will use me. It might be said, you know what? I've never asked the Lord to come into my life. Well, today I want to encourage you to go knee deep in faith. Jump into the flood of what God's got going. Jump into the grace of God and what he's doing. Amen. Because he wants to make a difference in your life. Now, I'd like to go one step further when I'm talking to folks. You say, well, I gave my life to the Lord a long time ago. And I've been going down some rocky roads. Well, guess what? God says, you know what? He can smooth them out. He said, you don't have to go through them alone. Aren't you glad? And I want to tell you, as a church family here, we want to come alongside you and love on you right where you're at. Nobody wants to change you. God's made you unique, and we want to bring out the gold in what God's done. And I'll tell you this. We're not perfect, but we serve a perfect God. And that's who we want to give glory to. And that's who we want to want you to know that loves you. So, Lord, we thank you today for what you're doing. We thank you for souls that are saved here today. But we thank you for those that, that are obedient to the call of the Lord and just asking you to take and work in our life, Lord. We thank you that you forgive our sins, Lord, for things we missed this week, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. For things that uh, we're going to be experiencing this week to come, Lord, give us wisdom, grace, and understanding. Father, I pray that there's folks here today say, you know, I can't wait to come back again to hear what you're going to do. But, Lord, show them that you'll walk with them each day, not just on Sunday. Just like my friend said, it's not just an hour. It's a life-changing thing. It's a walking with you daily, experiencing your grace and your mercy and your love. Father, grow us closer to you as we serve you. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. All right, all right.